Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. I do want to welcome our online viewers and those that are listening on the podcast this morning. Hope Covenant, would you put your hands together and lift up a shout for those that are watching online and listening. It's great to have you. We consider you a part of this family. We say it every week that if you're ever in the Charlotte area, come on, stop on by. We'll make you feel right at home, won't we, Hope Covenant Church? Yeah. So today I've got a message that I believe it's just amazing again during worship, the outpouring of the presence of the Lord, which I believe this just scratches the surface of where we'll go. Cause I'm looking for the moment when we don't even get to the message. We just, we just bask under his presence and worship the whole day. And I believe that's coming. Um, but we need to be fed and we need to grow in his word and we need to look to his word. So let's just open in prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord, that your word changes us and it does not return void. Father, it's not empty. It's full of life. It's full of amazing things that you can do as we dig into your presence, as we hear your voice through your word, which is written. And so, Father, we open our ears and we open our hearts right now, and we ask you to speak to us in the mighty name of Jesus. If you are in agreement with that, would you shout amen? Amen. I want to do a little plug before I dig into this message that over the next several weeks, I'm going to be uh, doing a, a message on the second coming of Jesus. And I'm really, really excited about this. I have been studying, your pastor has been studying like crazy, uh, getting ready for this message. I believe this is going to be a perspective game changer for everybody who's known the Lord for years and years and years and years. Maybe your whole life you've been walking with the Lord. This is going to change your mindset, I believe. Uh, as I speak about the hour, this is going to be a prophetic message, I believe, not just a message that equips, but is prophetic and speaks to the future of what's coming. Uh, and, and I would encourage you not to be afraid of this message, but get excited about this message. How many of you know we're not supposed to be afraid about the second coming of Jesus? We're supposed to be excited about it, and it's scriptural. We're actually, as the church, supposed to be praying that in. And so this is a good message. Get excited about it. I would encourage you. And then it's also a message that I I believe will reach the lost that have never heard the message of Jesus and are going to hear about this guy that's coming to save us and rescue us and take us into an amazing moment of eternity. And I can't wait for that. If you're in agreement with that, would you like shout amen? amen. I am excited about this. So today's message is called going higher. And we are all called to, to greater, and we're called to higher. Every person in here is called to go higher. Um, you are, you're not called to stay at the same place, but you're, in fact, Smith Wigglesworth says, to live two days on the same spiritual plane is a tragedy. It's, it's a little bit more wordy than that, but that's the crux of it. In other words, we should constantly be growing and increasing and getting closer to Jesus. We shouldn't be moving backwards. Backsliding is not an option. We should be moving forward. And standing still, by the way, is backsliding. So you need to be moving forward. That's how we look at it here at this church. If you're not growing, you're not going. I mean, I was just saying, and I'm not, I don't mean it to heaven. I just mean, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not growing, you're not moving along and the gifts and the callings and, and the things that God wants to do in your life in and through you. And I want you to get excited about that. We need to start lifting our expectations as a church. I want to say this. If you came in this morning expecting the same old, same old, you didn't get it in worship. You're not going to get it during the message. 
Yeah, we need to raise and lift our expectations. We need to not only cry out to God, but raise our expectation that when we do this, he's going to respond and he's going to move. I want to tell you this, church, that I believe this year, by the end of the year, you're going to see an increase in the belief of faith in every person because I believe, and I said it over the past couple of weeks, that our greatest form of evangelism is by demonstrating the supernatural works and wonders of the Lord. I believe that, that when we pray over people, we see people healed and delivered and set free and encouraged and bondage of, of depression and, and all kinds of things. Addictions are broken in his presence. How many of you want to see just your shadow do that? I, that's, that's my goal. I've seen a lot of Christians going lower instead of higher in this moment. And I want to caution everybody, especially as I'm starting this series next week on the second coming of Jesus, this is not a moment to fool around. We're living in a serious day. We're living in a serious hour, and the church needs to be sober-minded. What that means is that we need to be alert and aware of the moment that we're living in. And I believe there's an anointing that's going to come over the next month that will grab your attention. And I want to encourage you guys to come to church. Be here every week during this series because it's going to change you. But I've seen a lot of Christians that are falling prey in this moment to offense, to becoming cynical of the day and the hour, like, oh my goodness, the world's a mess, just, you know, whatever, forget about it, it's over. I've, I've heard a lot of doom and gloom. Guys, how many of you know the church is not, we're not supposed to be doomers and gloomers, we're supposed to be people that deliver a message of hope to a, a world that desperately needs it. So we're not a doom and gloom church. We're a hope church. And I hope that as you're out there, my prayer for every person at Hope Covenant Church, every Christian, and even beyond Hope Covenant Church, is that you are hopeful in your message. You're hopeful in your character. You're hopeful. You demonstrate hope. We need to pull ourselves higher and take on a kingdom view of this life. You need to know that the minute you decide to go higher, guys, you may experience, your flesh may experience altitude sickness. In fact, it will. I can guarantee it. The minute you decide to go higher, I don't know if any of you have ever been in a plane before. When I was um, a kid, I remember flying and my ears would pop and the pressure would build and I'd, I'd get a little apprehensive and mom would always give us Trident gum. And that was, that was her thing. She'd give us a piece of Trident gum. We'd start chewing it and her ears would pop. But it would actually literally, literally physically make me sick as a kid. Uh, when we when we flew up to high altitudes, we flew a lot when I was a kid. Um, Mom and dad traveled quite a bit, so we went along for the ride, and it was an honor and a privilege to do that. But I want to encourage you that that as you decide and make a decision, I'm moving forward and pressing in and going higher with God, your flesh is going to start to scream, I don't know that I can handle this altitude. And how many of you know that's a great thing? Because we're supposed to, our flesh is supposed to be dying where our spirit is supposed to be living and thriving. We die to self and live for Christ. We have to adjust the way we think to go higher. We have to adjust our thoughts and our ways to God's ways and God's thoughts in order to go higher. And I want to read about that in Isaiah 55 verses 8 to 10. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So God doesn't adjust his ways lower to meet ours. No, he pulls us higher. As a church, we're called to go higher and pull folks higher with us, which is why I encourage you to check your company. 
because bad company corrupts good morals. I always said to our youth ministry when I was youth pastoring that I believe good morals corrupt bad company. I said it the other way around because I believe both is true. But I don't know if you've ever ran on a treadmill and, uh, and, and, and gotten off the treadmill and realized you didn't go anywhere. You were just running on a belt. You never moved anywhere. Your location didn't change. Usually when you're running, you're going somewhere. There's a destination. But I feel like many of you in this room are there where you're making efforts. You're running but you're realizing you're not going anywhere. You're at the same place. So you might be on the treadmill of your marriage. You're working on things, but you feel like I'm not getting anywhere. Why am I not getting anywhere? Uh, you might be exhausted with your career and many different things where you feel like you're running and you're working, but you're not going anywhere. And I want to talk about this morning. Perhaps we need to hit incline on the treadmill that we're working muscles that we weren't working before, meaning we're growing as we're doing this. Because if you're not growing, you're not, again, you're not going. So we need to grow. We need to hit incline on the treadmill. If you've been running, if you, and anybody who knows who's a runner has ran on a treadmill, you hit incline, it makes a big difference in the resistance and your muscles really feel it big time. Some of you have been praying that God would intervene or move on a situation, but it's been quiet on the set. How many of you know that he's a good, good father? And there are times where God doesn't answer prayers that we're praying because he loves us and knows that the timing isn't right. We need to trust that when we're praying, Liz and I are praying for some things right now. And we're asking God to move on those situations, trusting that if it is the Lord, it will happen. And if not, he's going to shut the door. And that's why when we pray, we don't pray our will. We go, God, we ask that you would open every door that's supposed to be open and shut the doors that are supposed to be shut. And that's the way we need to pray. Like, God, your will, your agenda. And you know what? It takes a tremendous amount of worry off of you. That like, God, if this is meant to be, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. If it's meant to be. And if not, you're going to adjust your way and show me that my way maybe needs to take a backseat to what you're doing. That's so much better always than what you planned in the first place. Can I get an amen with anybody who's experienced that in this Pentecostal church this morning? Some of you have been praying that God would intervene on a situation, but it's been quiet on the set. You need to understand that sometimes we want a quick fix, but God just wants to hit incline and develop character in those muscles during the moment where you hear radio silence and you're like, Lord, what are you up to? Why are you not moving on this situation? Why are you not moving on the finances in my household? I I hit on finances because a lot of times that's what we're seeking God for. How many of you know he's never early, but he's never late? I've never found him to be early. And it frustrates me. It's starting to frustrate me less, though, because I'm understanding that his ways are better. And I'm starting to trust him more. And I'm starting to worry less because I trust God more. Do you know that when you trust God more, you will worry less? Man, take take a chill pill. Relax in the spirit. No, God's got this. God's got this. There's that song, you're never going to let, never going to let me down. And I don't sing it here at this church because I don't believe in that song. And I'll be honest with you, it's a good song. It's not that I don't believe in it because the writers were off in their theology because I don't believe they, they are off on that. I do believe that God never lets us down, but I believe that our interpretation of that song is that he's the Burger King God who's gonna give it to us. You know, we're gonna have it my way. 
Like, God, you're going to do this. And if it doesn't look like this, then obviously you let me down. Yeah, no, and that's the way the church interprets that song. And so I won't sing it, not because the writers were off in the creation of the song. It's a good song. But because I know how we interpret that when we sing it, God, I want it my way. You know, we immediately picture things that, oh, he's not going to let me down. He's going to give me this. He's going to give me that. And oftentimes what he's giving us is character development and not giving us the things that we want in that moment. Because there's something that's way better that he wants to give you, including and especially the development of your character, which he's primarily concerned about. God's ways are higher. Everybody say God's ways are higher. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this legal by reading a story with a man who was called to way higher and, and had to actually physically go higher to hear God speak. This man's life is called to greatness, much higher than he has even asked or imagined. And God wants to take him on a journey. How many of you know that we oftentimes, when God takes us on a journey, you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> What's this going to look like? What, what is this going to look Put your seatbelt on. But God, uh, this journey is all about him seeing things clearly that God's called him to and what God's plan is, not his. This story almost seems like God isn't a kind God. It seems like almost God is, is being mean. It, 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 it seems like that throughout the story until you get to the end of it. Some of you here today are on a journey and you're frustrated. You're, you're growing tired in the journey and you're obsessed with the destination, but God wants you to start to focus on the journey and get your eyes off the destination. Because there's something in the journey that if you try to skip the journey, you're going to miss a moment that God desperately wants to speak to you in that moment. And you can't skip it. Because if you skip it, you might end up in the wrong destination at the wrong time. And you don't want that. So in order to get to God's destination for your life, you have to embrace the journey. I'm going to say it again. In order to get to God's destination for your life, you have to embrace the journey. So let's look to Abraham here, the story of Abraham. Abraham was tested. I hate when God tests me. I hate it. God's testing me right now with some things. God, God tests me in different areas. He'll test you in different areas. And I, I, don't, I don't enjoy it because I want it like microwave fast. I want it like right now. But I've said it before. Microwave meals don't taste nearly as good as the crockpot meals. So it's worth the wait. Everybody say it's worth the wait. And guys, I want to encourage you with that. I want to, I want to hit pause on the notes real quick and say it will be worth the wait. Try, try the Lord. Just try him. Be patient and marinate in his presence and watch what he does. I want you to leave this room so full of hope that he's not punishing you in the waiting period. He's blessing you in the waiting period. What he's doing is a blessing. When God tests you, promotion is found when you pass the test. There's always promotion on the other side of the test. God is not testing you to punish you. He's testing you to promote you. I got ahead of my notes, but who cares? Whatever. Abraham went through some steps that I believe really apply to each of us today. And I want to focus on this. This is not a complicated message and it's not long. But Abraham went through these steps. He went through elevation, which led to preparation which then led to revelation. I'm going to say it again. Elevation, and I'll explain this, which led to preparation. I'll explain that, which then led to revelation. See, we oftentimes want to go right from elevation to revelation, but there's preparation in the middle. 
And I want to talk about all that. Genesis 22, verses 1 to 3. Sometime later, God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, he said, here am I. This is kind of what it feels like, I think, when we're in high school. Like, you know, we sit down in homeroom class. It's like, Adam, I'm here, here. So that's kind of what God was doing. He was calling his attention in that moment. Abraham, I'm here, God. Here I am. So that's that's what I think was going on in that moment. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Okay. (laughs) Just imagine that ask right there for a minute and pause. So here's the elevation. Going higher with God means I decrease, means I'm going to end up doing things that I don't understand that he asks me to do that seem really risky. Can I tell you if there's not a risk, it might not be God. Okay, the risk might be the sign that when you hear something that makes you uncomfortable, you go, oh, that's got to be God because there ain't no way I'm doing that. Adam, here I am. I need you to start a church. Okay, you got the wrong guy. No, I need you to start a church. Okay, cool. Then I get a job offer. I've told you guys about this before. And I go there and God said, Adam, and God, here am I. Uh, I'm right here. Okay, what did I tell you to do? See, because you don't want a round the mountain experience. You want an up the mountain experience. Anybody with me? I don't need another round the mountain experience. I need an up the mountain experience. Like I'm going to go up to the mountain and I'm going to meet with God. That's what I'm going to do. So here's the elevation. Going higher with God means I decrease so that he can increase. Could you imagine Abraham's ask? I've got to lay down my only son. I remember back in 2010, um, and I've never shared this story before actually with this church, so this is a new story for you. But in 2010, uh, Liz and I just stepped out of a a job uh, in, in New Jersey where we were worship pastors. And I immediately went and thought, you know, okay, we're called to be worship pastors. Let's put out a resume. And I put out a resume and we ministered at a church. And when I walked through the door of this church, I don't know why it's making me so emotional. I remember walking through uh, on backstage and it was a massive auditorium. And I walked in and the Lord said, this is going to be your home. And it was in June of 2010 that I did that. I just left my job in, in May at our church in Jersey, and I, and I flew down to Houston and in and, uh, and, and this church in Texas, and it was amazing. And, uh, and then a bunch of time went by, and then we ended up ministering there again. And then the pastor called me and said, listen, I have a job for you. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I knew I, I heard this. And he says, it's, I would like you to come as a youth pastor. <laughs> I said, I'm a worship pastor, youth pastor, what? And he, he said, no, really pray about it. I, I just I feel this might be the Lord. And the Lord immediately spoke to me on the phone and said, you're going to go through a season where I want you to youth pastor. I was like, God, I'm a worship pastor. I don't even know how to pastor youth. I don't know how to do this. What, what are you asking? I mean, I've done young adult ministry, but what are you asking me to do? He said, I'm asking you to do this, and this is going to be a season of stretching for you, but it's a God season. So Liz and I went down to Texas. We moved everything. I responded, thank the Lord I was obedient. Within six months of me being there, the worship pastor ended up leaving, and I ended up stepping into the worship pastor position at the church while youth pastoring and doing both because that was the season God had me in, and it was a stretching season that led to me being prepared today for what God's called me to do. If I had missed that moment, I believe I would not be here right now. 
We got to pay attention when God says to do something that seems so contrary to our plan. And God's like, no, I'm using this to get you where I want you to be. And I wonder what is God asking you to do right now that is getting you to where God wants you to be that you're like, this makes no sense at all. In fact, and especially, I don't feel equipped for this. I remember staring at that group of youth going, I don't even know how to talk to youth. And I called a friend of mine who was a youth pastor. He said, talk to him like normal adults. It'll work. And believe it or not, we had a, an incredibly successful youth ministry with leaders that are, are, are just amazing to this day because of that moment of obedience. And God will test us to see, is this about you or is this about me? And that's what happened to me in 2010. God literally said that to me. He goes, yeah, Adam, is this calling of yours about me or is it about you? And I went, well, it's about you. Cool. I've called you to be a youth pastor. Oh, well, Lord, I'm uncomfortable with that. You know what God's response to me was? Good. Yeah, maybe you'll need to rely on me again. Again, meaning that I stopped relying on him. He took me out of my comfort zone. Some of you right here, right now, you're screaming. Your flesh is screaming with altitude sickness. And God's going, this uncomfortable thing you're feeling, there's a whole purpose behind it. Get cozy with relying on me. It's a good moment. We should never fear God asking us to lay something down. God's promise is attached to obedience even in laying things down. God has seasons, and he always finishes what he starts. His ways and his timing are so much better than ours. You need to be prepared for when God says to lay something down, he might resurrect it back. If your heart's in it, guys, it's there for a reason. And God does not not finish what he started in your life. So don't worry about the thing he's asked you to lay down for a season, because I promise you when you pick it up, it's going to be way better. At the end of the second verse, God said, go to the mountain, I will show you. And I wonder how many of us right now are climbing the wrong mountain. Yeah. Did God show us this mountain or are we putting our effort into the wrong mountain? Because God's grace is not on the wrong mountain. So I want to pause right there. God's grace isn't on the wrong mountain. So if you feel in this moment like there is a struggle and there's not a supernatural grace in the moment that you're in, you need to pause and say, God, is this designed and is this tailored for me by you or am I doing this in my strength? Because you might need to like put the mic down and walk away. God's grace is found on the mountain that he tells us to climb. If you choose your mountain, it will fail. If God chooses your mountain, it leads to promise. I'm going to say that again because that was good. I got one wow out of my wife. It's cool. I'll pay you later. If you choose your mountain, it will fail. But if God chooses your mountain, it leads to promise. Stop looking for your mountain and start seeking God and let him show you where he wants to elevate you. Man, that's a good word right there. And we need our desire to be that I want to go up to the height that God wants for me. So here's the preparation. And I want to say this. If I was packed for a mountain in North Carolina and somebody dropped me off at Pikes Peak, how many of you know I would not be prepared for that mountain climb? Like our mountains are a little different than that one. In Genesis 22 verse 3, early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. And he took with him two of his servants 
and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God had told him. And I want to say this, the preparation will often mean you're chopping wood for a burnt offering without understanding. Why would you chop wood to burn your only son without understanding? You chop out of obedience and know that you're preparing in that moment for a revelation that God will give you when it's time. You go, could you imagine the grief that he had preparing a sacrifice with his son in that moment, chopping wood to burn his son? Why is God such a meanie? I mean, that's what I would be thinking. Are you out of your mind, Lord? And oftentimes it looks like that. Are you out of your mind, Lord? He goes, no, I need you to get out of your mind because when you get out of your mind, now you're in a place where you can have my mind. Oh, I preach way better than y'all amen on that one. That's okay. Elevation will mean your air is more valuable. It's harder to breathe when you go up the mountain. So conversations become much more direct and much more deliberate at high altitudes. You'll find that when you climb higher, you don't have time for gossip. And you'll find when someone gossips with you, you know exactly where they are in their mountain destination. You go, oh, no, you need to come up here, baby. I'm not going to join in with that. No, no. Hey, and as a church, we need to get really comfortable saying, hey, come up, to the, come up higher. We don't have time. I can't breathe those words. I don't have time for that. I, my breath is valuable up here. Yeah. Your conversations start to change a little bit. You can identify the height of a climber by their speech. You need to surround yourself with high-altitude climbers. In Genesis 22, verse 4 to 6, on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. So you may need to distance a bit to climb out to the altitude that God wants you to go. There's times you need to look and go, guys, I just need a moment, Okay. And if there's a relationship that maybe is toxic, you go, you know what, I, I, I got to climb up the mountain. And I don't know that you're equipped to go up the mountain with me. It's not that I'm arrogant, but they might not understand. But I got to go and I, I just, I can't, I can't fraternize with that anymore. I just can't, I can't do it. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Notice he says, we'll come back to you. Not about, so we're not talking about abandoning people. Abraham called his sacrifice worship. And I love that. Man, that's making me weep up here. Abraham called the difficult situation. He didn't understand worship. The moment he didn't understand, like, God, this is worship. This is, this is a sacrifice. I'm doing this out of obedience. This obedience thing, this, how many of you know worship is a lifestyle? It's not four songs or five songs or six songs we sing on a Sunday morning. This is a lifestyle. God called out to Abraham again, and Abraham replied just like the first time, Abraham. And he goes, here I am. The second here I am isn't like the first here I am, though. The first here I am was at the foot of the mountain, and the second here I am is at the place of obedience. Abraham had a different perspective having climbed up the mountain. And I want to say this, that the higher you go on the mountain is the more revelation you'll have. The higher you go up with the Lord is the more he will show you and the more you will see because you are higher up the mountain, so you have a higher perspective. Church, we need a higher perspective, but you can't get that perspective if you're not willing to hike. You got to get on your hiking shoes and understand it's going to take a little effort for me to see the revelation because God moves on obedience. The higher you go up the mountains, the more revelation you'll have. When you go higher, your perspective changes. You have an advantage because of height. 
I want to point out that from the first point, God spoke to Abraham, and the second point that God spoke to Abraham. So he's at the foot of the mountain, then he goes up the mountain, and there's lots of stuff in between that's going on. There's lots of sacrifice. There's lots of lack of understanding, but God is radio silent from the foot of the mountain to the top of the mountain. Radio silence. He doesn't hear a thing from the Lord. Can I tell you here today that when you hear something from God at the bottom of the mountain and you don't hear from him again till you get to the top, that word of the Lord, it's called obedience. He spoke and he's not going to speak again till you obey. You go, it's silent. I don't know what's going on. God's not speaking because he's looking for obedience. He already spoke. You go, I feel a holdup where I don't hear the voice of the Lord. Are you being obedient? I'm not, I'm not waving a finger at you. I'm waving a finger at me. The Lord was convicting me of this during this message. Like, God, how come I don't hear you? Are you being obedient? I already spoke. I don't know what you're waiting for. Just be obedient. Maybe I'll speak again. Come up the mountain. A lot of times we get mad at God for not speaking, and he's like, I, I did speak. I said, be obedient. And here's the revelation in Genesis 22. I'm wrapping up right here, verses 11 to 14. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. This is the second time again. He says, here am I. He says, don't lay a hand on the boy. Oh, man. Could you imagine the relief? Woo! My God, I was getting ready to kill my son for you. Thank the Lord Jesus. Don't do anything to him. Now that you fear God. I love this. Now that you fear God. Because you have not withheld your son, your only son. Abraham looked up there in the thicket and saw a ram caught by its horns. And he went over to the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. He's like, oh, thank God there is a sacrifice right here that the Lord provided. It's a ram instead of my son. Thank God, Lord. Yeah, how many of you know that some of y'all are like in the middle of this thing and you're looking and you're going, when's God, when's God going to provide? He's going to provide when you're obedient. Some of y'all go, I have a financial situation. When was the last time you tithed? You go, what's up with, what, pastor, is this a tithing message? This is an obedience message. Sorry, I mean, you know, hate me if you want. It's just, I can't skip scriptures. So Abraham now sees that God will, this was all a test. Abraham has revelation that God is, He's a provider, and it took Abraham going up the mountain to get that revelation of what God was up to. And so here's the call for each of us today. It's very simple, guys. You go, where is all of this going? We got to go higher. We got to go higher. God has some amazing things that he wants to do in you and through you. God has some amazing things that he wants to show you. God wants to do some things that will take requiring us to go higher. I want all that God has because God is incredibly faithful. And God will pour out revelation and understanding, but we have to go higher in order to get that. So here's my question for you today. Are you in a place where you're elevating and you're going higher that God could speak to you about the purpose of the moment? And if God isn't speaking in the moment, Are you trusting that there's a test of obedience that you have to be faithful in this moment instead of feeling bad for yourself? And ask God, oh Lord, I'm here, I'm willing, 
what is it that you need me to do? Pull closer to Jesus. It's that simple. You go, I have a lot of needs right now. I'm really worried about, I'm really worried about this. I'm really worried about that. We'll stop worrying and pull close to Jesus. Just go higher because he is the provider. There's a ram that's waiting for you if you would just elevate. I feel the Lord right now because I feel like some of you in this moment with every eye closed are like, God, I need breakthrough. Where's my ram? And God's saying, where's your obedience? I don't want to feel condemnation over that. Well, don't feel condemnation. Just obey. Just say, God, I'm here. I Here I am. What do you want me to do? And some of you, God's saying, your obedience is laying down the worry in the moment. Stop worrying and start trusting the Lord. Because there's a ram stuck in the thicket that's right there for you. If you would just obey and trust. And some of you, the test of obedience is stop worrying and start trusting God. You've got your panties in a bunch and he's going, just trust me, I will move. Lord, we repent right now for worry. And we repent for fear. And I right now speak to a spirit of fear. You need to say this out loud so your ears hear it. I don't need to say it over you. You need to say it over you. Say, spirit of fear, fear. I'm done. done. Worry, Worry. I'm done. done. There's a ram in the thicket. There's provision for me, me. and I trust that, and I I thank you, Lord, for your revelation, for your timing, and I declare declare your provision provision. in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Guys, I feel the Lord here this morning. I feel the Lord here this morning because some of you, some of you that are watching online right now, you're so worried about something God's already provided for. He's just looking for obedience. You got to go higher. You got to spend time with Jesus. You go, God, where are you? God's going, I'm right here, baby. The ram is right here. The provision is right here. You just have to let go and let me show you and come higher. Jesus, we repent for not coming higher for not trusting in you and for doing this in our strength. We say, Lord, we just thank you right now. Can you just begin to thank God? Let's all stand to our feet this morning. Father, we thank you that it's already done. It's already worked out. The narrative is already played out. You've got this. Would you just say this out loud? And even those of you that are watching online or listening to the podcast, just say, Jesus, I trust you. I trust you to show me. I trust that you're my provider. Now I rest in you. Guys, here's the assignment. I'm totally done this morning. Here's what you need to do this week. Rest and trust God and watch him orchestrate and direct every step. Now, Lord, we just trust you this week. And I thank you, Lord, that as we do this, that the heaviness of, oh my goodness, what's going to happen will break off of us. And I thank you, Lord, that you've got everything orchestrated and worked out in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, would you say, that's for me? me. Yeah. Amen. Guys, 
I felt the presence of the Lord during this service like I haven't felt in a long time. It's because there's something that happens when we let go. There's something that happens when we say, God, you take the wheel and you do this. I'm not doing it anymore. So let this week be a relief that God's got this and he's on the move. Can we give God a shout of praise this morning? It's really good. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.